Kier Alexander, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. So, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit offline and I thought during the quarantine that this was going to be it. This is going to be like my full-time job. Maybe, maybe, maybe this show will be the thing and I've never been busier. And how many, I think we must've rescheduled our app, you know, maybe three different times. I had to change you had to change. I had to change you had to change, you know? Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because when you first reached out to me, I was only working partly employed. I was, just doing on and off stuff and I had availability. But then all of a sudden I just get a call saying, hey, we're offering you a full-time job. And then I was like, oh boy, from like when to when? And I was just like, oh boy. So I had to reschedule that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll talk about later. I also got the virus too and I just needed time to heal. And then just like, all right, after the holidays, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna book at this time. And now we're at this time and I'm just like, let's do this. Awesome, awesome. So post-production assistant, and editor and uh... uh i haven't done any editing yet so far i mean um for those of you wondering i'm actually in the field of unscripted non-scripted television which is basically documentaries reality um uh where do a bunch of stuff with tlc uh basically my job so far as of right now is to help with all the deliverables like transcription which is i don't know if you've done transcribing it's a pain in the butt and time consuming but it needs to be done uh, learning music cue sheets and textless uh, element sheets and also got to organize those release forms, scan them and making sure they're not lost. Otherwise, then it's bad news bears. Mm -hmm. And actually, when I first started, it was actually uh, when there was an office move. So they moved from Stanford to Greenwich and I just literally jumped in the fire and just helping unpack all their stuff, set up their furniture, organize all their hard drives. Oh, and did I mention the day after... I did this or the day before I was doing this, I ran a half marathon. So my legs were like destroyed, but I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta I do, do it. it. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've worn myself out before like that. And uh, just what spaghetti legs and, yeah. and furniture. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it was a lot of fun. And it was just, like, I was in my element. I was just reminding myself, all right, this is this type of court. This is that type. And I was just helping organize everything that they needed and just like trying to categorize all their drives. And no, it was fun. And I was, I'm the only, because of all the COVID restraints, like I'm the only one in the office. I kept my mask on, except if I'm in my office because it's my own domain. And yeah, just like trying to, I just I was just left to my devices. I talk to my supervisor on the phone if he needs anything, and I'm just like blasting music or a podcast, and I'm just like, "Yay! I couldn't do this before. This is fun." Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had I worked at Discovery for a while, Discovery Channel in Silver Spring, and uh, it was a great opportunity. But there were there were definitely some times I was able to watch, listen to, listen to Howard Stern, and maybe mm. you know you know you know maybe. Uh, Pull out my personal laptop, work on some side projects, passion projects, which is now the full, which is now the full-time freelance stuff. So that's, but you yeah. know, it's definitely you know you have your opportunities to uh, multitask. I mean, being a multitasker is really can can be beneficial. Oh, dude, no, definitely. I didn't think I was a multitasker because um, this one job that I had, which I it was by own, my own fault because I was young and stupid, and I just thought, yeah, I got handed this job. I wasn't really meeting. The expectations they were meeting and they let me go and i always beat myself up and but now i'm like this is my redemption because now i'm just thinking all right i was a failure you don't mope around about it you learn from it and i'm like trying to do that and i just became so neurotic and just like i need to make sure x y and z is done and just like boom 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 so you got COVID. yep so me, me, pretty much me, that the me, the wife, and the baby boy got COVID too, and we all kicked it. We're all we're, we all oh. recovered safely. He kicked it. He, he's he wasn't even one yet, mm -hmm. and he kicked it quicker than we did. But so let me ask you this: what was, what was, the worst or more, most excruciating part about it? I think just getting that, getting the both the email and the call from urgent care saying, "Yeah, you got it," because that was when. I was really feeling the symptoms because the night before I was just feeling a tickle in my throat. And during the winter time, I always, I always get sick. I always uh -huh. feel like, yeah, you know, it's allergy stuff. My respiratory is not that great. Then I coughed so bad. Like my left arm was in pain and I was just like, uh Oh, then I woke up with a fever dream 
four in the morning and I just got up and I got dressed and I got, let's go to urgent care. Let's line up there right now. And I got there around six 30 and it was a long, like by the time it opened, I looked behind me and the line just went three blocks away. This is back in December for all of you wondering. And yeah, but I, but to answer your question, it's just like that realization. And then as soon as I got it, I called everyone that I needed to call like my parents because this was after Thanksgiving and just letting them know I got it and then after that I just laid my head down I was just like oh because that's when all the stress was happening and then it was just those four days Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday of just feeling so weak so frail coughing a lot and just having massive migraines and just like I want to I was thinking I want to die <laughs> So for me, you know, it, the, the aches and the chills, like just, Dude, when, oh. you know, when you're in bed and you just kind of, you, if you're laying in bed and you just kind of shift, it was excruciating just to shift around in bed. Yeah, no, I was slight feel, a shift. No, the chills were the worst, definitely, because I was just shivering and stuff. And I was trying to wear so many things. And, and when you're sweating, it's usually a good thing. But while you're still feeling those chills and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're feeling those chills and then it's wet and it's like, oh, great. Now I, I need to find energy to like change my bed sheets again, change my clothes again, yeah. figure, figure out how to do laundry. Well, I did because I have a apartment and I lucked out and the laundry room is right across. So I made sure to wear gloves, wear masks, and I brought a Clorox wipe. So after I use it, I just wipe it down. And I think, and what I found funny was my super, I told my super because I wanted to be responsible. And he says, thank you. I think you're the only person so far that has it and and i'm thinking either everyone else went quiet and i'm the nicest person or i'm the first one in our building and i was like oh boy so that was a little pressure so but uh, yeah. i but i think also there was also that the physical and um like illness stress but there was also the mental stress because i was feeling cooped up you know i'm just my parents are trying to make sure i'm okay everyone else is checking up on me and First of all, thank you to my parents. Thank you to my best friend that went grocery shopping and dropped everything off. That was a blessing. And my godmother who actually made my made food for me. I'm not a soup person, but when she makes soup, I'm like, hand it over. That's delicious. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned soup. So the weirdest, the, mo the like the biggest mind F for me was the loss of taste and smell. I, I experienced that. I and surprisingly th didn't. I, and now it was that was that was a mind death for me. So yeah, I didn't lose my sense of taste or smell. Like I was just like I can still say taste. I can still smell. I'm just like having coughs. I have migraines and I have aches and pains. That's about it. But after those first four days, I felt like I recovered, and I just had to stay cooped up for the next what was it eight day nine or eight days. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's just what I had to do. And I was but by the time. I was ready to go out in the world. I was like, yay. And I was, but my boss asked me to get a PCR test. So I was like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. And, but then it came negative because my doctor was saying, yeah, there's some COVID cells still in your nose, but you don't need to quarantine. You can live your life, but your boss does want you to get a negative test. So we'll reschedule Friday. And I'm just thinking, oh, come on. Cause this was also when I needed to get a new car. Cause we've had to book that several times. And I wanted to spend time with my family. But then thankfully, I got that test and I got the negative result. And I'm like, are we all good? We're good. Cool. And I just, yeah, and I just was mentally recovering from that. And I just spent two weeks with my parents in Westport just to get away from my apartment because I got too acquainted with it. And yeah, just tried to, and I also had a two-week break from work. So it was just like a light, nice little meditative state for me to not think too much about work because I was still working while I was had the virus and just also just like enjoy my new car and just like think what are some things I'm going to do for next year what are we going to do and all that stuff yeah yeah well you know aside from getting COVID and you know the, the great news is you've got a job but how 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 else have you been impacted by you know the last what is it What's it been now? A year? Almost like a year. Months? Yeah. 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 How, how else have you been impacted? I mean, you... I will say I, cause I keep recycling this because a year ago in March, cause you know, I was getting a little fatigued going from white plains to New York city all the time for a job that was, I love the company 0.0. It's a great company, but 
at the same time, it was just like, oh man, I'm just feeling a little tired, a little drained, not really doing anything. I was just a receptionist and there would be some things I would do, but at the same time, I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm spending $200 a month just like going to the city, doing nothing, getting paid minimum wage. Again, no disrespect to the company, but it's just the nature of like the business world, I guess. But then when it happened, you know, I got, again, got to get more acquainted with my my apartment and I got to just rearrange everything. I cleaned everything out and I just felt like, oh, cool. Now I can be a proper homeowner. And I was just, you know, catching up on shows, catching up on some books and reevaluating myself and realizing what are my goals? What do I want after working so much in this industry? What do I want to gain from it? And what are the plans for when things open up? But a lot of things that I did, and I think, again, I thank my best friend for doing this. I did a lot, shit ton of running. I did so much running and like I was losing weight again. And I felt that confidence because when you're exercising, you get that dopamine effect of just like, oh, cool. I feel good about myself. Even if I have a bad day and I'm just thinking, oh man, the world is in shambles. But when I ran five or seven miles that day afterwards and I, and I just go home and I have a beer, just like, oh, okay, I feel good about myself. What's on? right yeah and I, I see we brought our baby we brought our baby boy home a week before quarantine hit mm. and so you know the first couple of months the wife was still recovering from the pregnancy from the from the from the birth and uh you know he the, the kid would sleep all the time so you know she would monitor him she'd have her phone i would i was still running i was still working out downstairs in the in the lounge like yeah. every day great shape and then at some point you know he starts getting more active and you got to be more hands-on with him and then the, the working out started diminishing and now it's flipped on me and i'm struggling to keep up with the working out and and we got we got a bike so she could do the peloton app mm. and she's like she's like the monster now she's working out like once or twice a day every day and i can barely fit it in i'm i'm running around doing all this stuff around the house and picking them up carrying them up and down the steps and and she does her fair share too but somehow miraculously she's able to fit in that workouts man and i'm yeah. like i don't think i ran i don't think i ran since last summer <laughs> yeah no um but yeah no my girlfriend got me into like this facebook group called geeknasium it's organized by this girl named heather who does a lot of cosplay and stuff based off comic book video game characters and she makes all these workouts based off the avengers and stuff i'm like all right i can sign up for this and they were really good too. Like yeah. there were some core workouts that I was doing and I was just like, oh yeah, feeling it. So yeah, you know, I kept myself proactive. I also walked every morning. Like I would walk like six miles a day listening to podcasts or right. a new thing I'm getting into audio dramas, which are also podcasts with stories. And I was just like, oh my God, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely interested in getting into some of those, definitely interested in trying to find. So, uh, how do I put this? You know, like, all right. So the quarantine happened and I had a number, I had a, I had a number of, uh, projects and, uh, I had a number of projects mm -hmm. in the works, number of scripts and, and, and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, with the quarantine and no actors, I could reach out to voiceover actors and possibly, uh, you know, maybe, turn some of my scripts into those radio radio serials those dramatic radio serials or motion comics yeah or, no, or yeah, you know some sort of like very simple animation or something like that yeah no definitely because i was thinking about that too because i was thinking yeah that uh, this is like the easiest thing to produce during like all this because everyone can work from home audio is easy to transfer than video and you know and yeah, you just need to record from home. You just need to edit and just like try to get all those sound pieces in and you don't need to leave your house. Because when I was learning about, because I'm such a Marvel fan, I was listening to the Marvel um, uh, audio dramas like Wolverine, The Long Night or The, Long, the Lost Trail, which anyone listen to those. Richard Armitage does a great Wolverine. It's awesome. And I was listening to all the people that were working behind the scenes and I was just like, they're, they're saying, I want to be creative, but I also don't want to leave a room where there's air conditioning. I just like, oh, that sounds <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> then, because when you're in on an actual set, physical set, it's just like rain, shine, cold, wet, hot. You got, you just got to hustle and just got to tough it out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Then of, and of course, I mean, I haven't had this 
but I heard stories like people have to deal with egos. Like a friend of a friend told me they met Bruce Willis and he went to say on set before they started shooting, oh, I'm a fan. And supposedly Bruce Willis told one of the producers, get that kid out of here. He's fired. I don't want to work with a fan. Again, I can't confirm nor deny this happened, but it could be one of those things. I don't know. Uh, you know, like you've got some, you got some art, you got some artists, you got some egos. I mean, for me, when I think about that, I always think back, like, why did I get involved in this, in this business? Why did I get involved in filmmaking and TV? Mm -hmm. You know, because I was a fan of Captain America, because I was a fan of Luke Skywalker, because I was a fan of, uh, you know, Superman. Mm -hmm. And so in that position, in, in that position, how would they react? How would they react to our current state of affairs? How would they act? How would they, how would they behave if they were president? Mm -hmm. How would they behave if they, they were in a position of power? How would they behave if someone walked up to them and said, you know, I admire you. And it's like, get, get them out of here. You know, like that's not how they would react. I got into filmmaking because I was a fan of the hero. And, and I know, you know, the world is not that, is not that sunshine and rainbows, no. unfortunately, but I don't see why we can't strive to be. Exactly. And, 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 you know, you have a lot of predatorial mindsets that get into filmmaking because of power and money. Mm -hmm. they, can t they can take advantage of actors or actresses because they're in a position of power, but that's not why I got into filmmaking. Why did some of these scumbags get into filmmaking? I got into filmmaking because of who Superman and Luke Skywalker and, Cap and Steve Rogers, Captain America, yeah, right? what they represent, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, we all just want to be, you know, we all want to tell an epic story. We all want to like be yeah. the hero. We all want to entertain people. And, you know, that's, I don't know. And overall, it's like, it's fun to be creative. Like, you know, it's a really unique business. And, you know, I remember listening to back when Chris Hartwick did his nurse podcast and he had Ron Perlman and Ron Perlman. He was just, he made his, he, it stuck with me for a while. He's just like, you know, we're all being creatives. I'm paraphrasing. We're all being creatives. We're all doing our thing. And if you're like some ungrateful twat who just thinks you're better than everyone, then fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and one of the, one of the most intimidating looking dudes, probably Ron Perlman, but Dude, for him, yeah. But for him to say that, and I've heard nothing but great things about that guy, you know, working with him and. Mm -hmm. No, I hear he's cool. I, I mean, which is funny because like we all know him as Hellboy or Sons of Anarchy, but I still think of him as Mr. Krabs because he does the voice for Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what a it's funny that the nicest dude will play like the cheapest character in a cartoon show. Right. But, but you know, that just means he's, he's good at what he does. Yeah. And you mentioned, and you mentioned earlier, you spent a lot of time uh, binge watching and uh, and catching yeah. up on shows. What what's what's one thing, what's one movie or one show that stands out? I and mean, it's been eleven months. So I'm sure there's oh. quite a bit, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna say the ones that are at the top of my head. Um, definitely Community, because that was a show I really wanted to watch, and as soon as it dropped on Netflix, I always want like a nice long comedy something like the office or parks and rec to get me through a long period and community definitely helped and it was just so funny and it was kind of interesting to see where the rooster brothers started that and uh arrested development how they started working with an ensemble cast and mm -hmm. show and i'm just like this is great and i'm also an anime fan and i was listening i was watching hunter hunter that my friend kept telling me to watch which is a story about Superpowered hunters that are part of this hunters guild and stuff and it's basically every anime trope action show that you can imagine but it's like great animation great character design and just and i was just going through it because i usually watch in japanese subs but uh, with subtitles but i was like you know what let's just put the dub on because i like the voice actors and i just want to like get through it and then i'll watch the rest of the season on crunchyroll and when hbo max came out i definitely was binging this new show that J.G. Quintel created, the guy who did regular show, because the newest season dropped yesterday, uh, close enough, because I remember that was announced back in 2017, and they were saying, oh, this is going to be part of TBS's new adult animated period. It's going to be like 
it's going to be like Fox's Animation Domination or Adult Swim's program, and they dead silence. It's been dead silence, and we're just like, what happened to the show? And then HBO Max happened, and it was like, oh, there it is. And I was like, you know what? Worth the wait. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, me and the wife, we watched quite a bit, and uh, we just finished uh, Behind Her Eyes, Behind Her mm -hmm. Eyes on Netflix. A British show, six episodes. Like, what? Mm -hmm. and I don't want to give too much away, but I definitely saw it going where it was going. Mm -hmm. My wife was completely blown away, but definitely one hell of a plot twist. One hell of a, and plot twist is actually not the correct terminology. One hell of a story twist. Mm -hmm. Pe people, people have always called it a plot twist, and that's not exactly accurate because. The plot is the way the story is told. Yeah. The story is like what's happening. And when something happens completely unexpected, then it's really a story twist, not a plot twist. But I think it's just because people like well, like using the film terms and it's just like plot or scene, sequence, the mise-en-scene. It's just like, listen, I've been studying screenwriting. It's just basic story, story, story. We don't yeah. need to overcomplicate it. We don't need to oversimplify it easier either. So, like, it's a story twist because yeah. we're watching a story. Well, I think it, I think a more I think a better, easier terminology would be it's it's got one hell of a twist ending. Okay. Yeah, twist ending. There. You know, like M Night. You know, because yeah. M Night has the same plot. All mm -hmm. his movies have the same plot, beginning, middle, end. Mm -hmm. But Tarantino has a different plot. He likes to jump around in time uh, oh, with, 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 his, with his earlier films anyway. Mm -hmm. Reservoir Dogs Reservoir Dogs had a drastically different plot mm -hmm. than Sixth Sense. Yeah. But they both had twist endings. Mm -hmm. So, but uh yeah i mean um behind her eyes is uh as was one hell of a thing i just started the outsider on hbo oh cool jason bateman i think it's uh based on a stephen king book that's cool it's 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 dark it's creepy mm -hmm. um yeah but, but also when it dropped on netflix and then the third season dropped i definitely just jumped on into cobra kai and i was just thinking cobra oh, kai man dude yeah dude so great i, I love just, it I just I know it's so nostalgic and they're and they're totally playing on I think they're, they're I think they're only playing off the first Karate Kid movie that's what I thought at first but then they start referencing the second and the third one and I was just like oh and well they well they no go no I'm sorry you go ahead and my girlfriend and I are just trolling and joking around and we're like are they going to mention Hillary Swank's character from the new Karate Kid? That would be funny. And that's a possibility. Now I'll tell you why. Okay, so Ralph Macchio jumped decided to jump into it, you know, full on because mm -hmm. and I, I that was kind of the hope, but I know in the first season of Cobra Kai, Ralph Macchio had a much smaller role. I think he popped up maybe a few times in the later episodes of the first season. Yeah. But of course, when it comes to Ralph Macchio, yes, there's, they're going to touch upon part three and part four. But listen, Hillary Swank, she's had, she, she already had a, a successful property with Netflix. I don't see why she wouldn't jump in. And, and everybody, you know, frowns upon mm -hmm. the next Karate Kid, but I don't see why not. I mean, like, why not? Like, my girlfriend, Veronica, she made a theory. Uh, very minor spoilers. There's a character named Tori. We never see her mom, and she's like, could her mom be Hillary Swank's character? And I'm like, could be a possibility. And then Screen Rant drops an article a week ago, and she goes, I called it before it was cool. I, I, so which one's Tori? Uh, she's the, she showed up in the second season. She was like the bad girl that hung out with Miguel. That, right? I, and I, I do think they show her mom. How far are you in season three? I finished it. I don't know, because like... Was that, keep, was, was that an abusive... Was that like a, an abusive sister... I, well, I know that the landlord was abusing her because her mom was like in the apartment. Oh, because we never saw her face. We just that's only right. Heard her voice. So it's like could be, and that would be an interesting because th those are questions. It's like, did Danny ever know about her? Did um, uh, Mr. Miyagi ever mention it? Because that Mr. Miyagi was around when 
uh, Danny got married. So I don't know. So Mr. Miyagi was at Danny Danny's wedding with his, with his now wife that co-runs the dealership. That's what that's what I remember. I remember like Sam, his daughter, remembers him and stuff like that. Because I don't think they really gave a, like, a date when he passed, and they can't obviously show any flashbacks because you know Pat Maria, rest in peace. But like I don't know, it's one of those things. Again, I'll have to rewatch it because as soon as they, as soon as season four is going to drop again, I'm definitely rewatching all of that again just yeah. to catch up. And it's also going to be interesting at how different it will be because first three seasons were produced by YouTube Red, where this fourth season is going to be done by Netflix, and it would be kind of interesting to see how different is it going to be you know because mm -hmm. you can kind of tell like what's a netflix show and with the production value and just yeah. like they give so much creative freedom to writers which is both a good thing it could be a bad thing because they're just like we should do this and do this no limitations like well some limitations are okay we well, don't well you know it's it's amazing what a fan theory and what like you know pop these pop youtube these pop culture YouTube videos, yeah, you know these top ten videos and, mm -hmm. and these and these film theory, uh, what is it? Film theorists. There's a channel yeah. called Film Theorists. Screen Rant, Screen Loop, Rant, yeah. Looper, um, Film Junkies, and they come up with these fan theories like, yeah. was Daniel Larusso really the bully and did and did uh, and that, did Johnny get screwed over? My friend John, he always trolls whenever we talk about both the first Karate Kid and the Dark Knight, and he would just say. Batman and uh, Danielson were the villains in those movies. Think about it. Like, uh, John, uh, oh, Johnny Lawrence was just living his life, doing what he knew what was right, and then this punk from New Jersey comes and steals his woman, messes things up, and thinks he's better at karate than he is. New Jersey of all places. I mean, you know Daniel LaRusso is the villain. He's from Jersey. I know, right? <laughs> so, so what's... so you? So now you got the job. You're you're you you're you're back. You're back working. Yeah, what's, I am. And uh, what's 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 next on the agenda? Say six months to a year from now. What's next? What's next on the agenda? What's the next set of goals? Definitely, the next set of goals is to try to. I mean, my because you're in post production, you know, you're you got a long hours. But I'm really trying to use my time outside to like do some creative stuff, like. Like what you're doing, maybe do some podcasts, like uh, get some friends together. I have a few podcast ideas, maybe some scripted ones just to like play it out there. Just like, you know, shoestring budget. I got some equipment from a dude who has his podcast and I just got like some old like microphones and a mixer. I just need to get like a Zoom recorder and just, I don't know, just keep going with the creative stuff. And of course, I might take a class on it, but also make me make my own business, like my own production company because... I've always had that feeling because I've enjoyed everywhere where I've been to, but I've also come to the realization it's like, you know what? I, I also would like to work for myself. I like to be my own boss and just follow my own, you know, endeavors. And one day I would like to make a either an audio production company in Westchester or something. So it's just like, you know, I'm close to home and you don't have to do the whole, oh, let me just and again, I'm not doubt I'm not shaming anyone who does this, but like go to LA and tries to make it big and just serves coffee to a producer hoping they can read their screenplay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They, people want to do it. That's their prerogative. But I'm like, I'm like, you know what? My dad told me back when I was younger, trying to apply for internships and stuff is like, you know, you keep waiting for them to give you permission, but you know, the only person that will give you permission is you, you got to do this. So it's mainly a mental, it's a, it's a mental filter. That's just, or, a little bit of an emotional weight is like can i do it can i but you just got to get out of those elements i'm still trying to get out of those elements and i'm just trying to like basically my idea is do a job to help me a little bit and maybe maybe look around for some other stuff just to give myself more experience but the end goal was just to get so much experience figure everything out and just make my own business to make my own content and get people who are talented maybe some friends who are talented and just work together and just have that mindset where it's like it's just fun and i'm just playing every day and that old expression if you if you do what you love doing every day it doesn't feel like work kind of like that mentality and you know it's funny you mentioned uh cobra kai so there was a line i forget which episode it was i'm, I'm i don't even think i'm halfway through the third season but you know danny said you know mr miyagi said to me the man who 
the man who works for passion makes more money than the man who works for money. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah. And it's like, if you actually care about it, you're going to work harder. You're going to, you're going to stay with it. You're going to love it more and you'll make more money doing it. And then if you're just mm -hmm. out for money, then you're, you're probably going to quit and look for something else and then quit and look for something else and quit yeah. and look for something else. And it's like, if you're doing what you love, if you've made a decision to do something that you love, you're going to stick with it and you'll rise to the top, mm -hmm. you know? No. The man, yeah. And, and that really, and that really blew me away. That really stuck with me. No, definitely. Yeah, no, it was just a thought that I had because, you know, I just, just, I don't know, I just woke up one day and I just thought, oh, man, I'm tired of working for other people, <laughs> except right now. Right now, this is good. But, but in that mindset, when I was feeling frustrated, I was just like, you know what, that should be my end goal. It's just like, if I, because I've been doing this so long, I've learned a lot from it. There's a lot of fun that can apply to it. Might as well use it for my own endeavors. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, touching upon that, what, what drives you? What's your, what's your driving force? What inspires you to do? What, what inspires you to do what? So uh, what, what is it that drives you and to, to, to do what you do? And what is it that you eventually want to do? Um, that's a good question. I don't think I've really touched about like what it is that drives me. I mean, if I can go to like some bare basics, it is just to make sure that I'm still working and still in the workforce, that I'm still that cog in the machine that's helping everything run good. So that way I do get a decent income and, you know, I have a girlfriend that I love and we want to potentially have a future together. And, you know, it's like that idea is like, basically it's the American dream. Like, I just want to keep doing this because it's something that I like doing and I want it to help me reach to a point of happiness yeah as vague and complicated that is but that's one of the in a, in, a, in a nutshell it's just that i'll just want to keep doing things that make me happy that's going to keep me being happy and that's generally that's generally what's been driving me it's just like i know there's a light out there in a tunnel because everyone has had their stories where they started out whether it's film whether it's tv digital media or whatever or music they had to go from the ground up, but eventually they just kept going, kept going, kept going. Even some of the coolest 40 year olds I know that have a huge success that have been in major movies or, or, or worked with TV companies still are trying to figure it out, but they've had such a big luxurious resume. And I just thought that it was interesting. And I'm just like, well, I just want to keep going because the journey is, the journey is always more funner than the actual destination. Let's be fair. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, I mean, because what I always find is, you know, I, you work, you work two, three, four weeks on a film, you work two months on a film, mm -hmm. you know, however long. Mm -hmm. And finally, you get to see the film completed, you watch it. But every scene, every time, every scene, you're like, man, I remember working at, I remember trying to like, lock down that bar. We couldn't have a complete lockdown now in that bar. All these, all these drunk people were coming into that back room yeah. that, that we had secured this room in this bar. And all these drunk people kept coming in and biffing the scene, watching the scene. Man, I remember when we were trying to shoot that scene at that field. I actually, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because when I graduated college, after I did my first internship at Pawn Stars, I came back to my uh, college town because they were shooting a film. An indie, an, an indie film is called The Automatic Hate, H-A-T-E. And uh, it was it might still be on Netflix. That's how I watched it. And I just remember uh, I had to dig a grave. And when I was 20, how old was I? I was 23. And I just thought, well, I'm digging a grave. I never thought I'd accomplish this. And I just kept thinking, I'm going to dig this grave so good. And I just joke, I'm they should just credit me in the credits professional grave digger right because i just thought this is so morbid and messed up but when i saw the scene i was like i did that yeah wish it was deeper but i did it <laughs> yeah yeah and you know like it, of course the 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 destination mm -hmm. is also important but the beauty of it is that journey that got you there oh, you can know you can you can always you always see those moments in that film or on that tv show or in that episode and it's like yeah, that's right. I got a, I, I got a tick. 
I got a, I had a, I had a tick like on my yeah, inner right? thigh, almost on my groin when I was, you know, doing that scene in that film and, and, you know, like different, different, different things like that, man. That that's another. Thing. No, I always, I always have this weird superpower of remembering the most smallest of details. Like mm-hmm. with my friends, I just like, this is a made up one, but for example, I just like, Hey, remember that one time at class, at class back in 11th grade, we were just hanging out you brought you were playing with that weird yo-yo with the kermit the frog thing and we were talking about the real world and he was like no that is so what mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was just like i don't know i just remember details like that that's the same thing how i feel with my past experiences because i don't want to forget them is even though like this one gig that i did i had to just sit outside for hours to for the student film that some nyu students were making and I just stood there just so that I could wait for this U-Haul to be there because we want to save that spot. So that way all the stuff, which I was going to drive the next day from Brooklyn to New Jersey and then back again to return the U-Haul. And I was just like, oh boy. But I don't want to forget that because I can say, well, I toughed it out. I did it. And that just, that's another thing that can drive. You know, I done so many weird, odd tasks that mm-hmm. I don't want them to go in vain. Like that's the that's the main thing because there have just been times where I'm like, maybe I should quit, maybe I should do this, but then I just feel like, but no, then all those internships, all those PA gigs, it'll feel like they'll go in vain. And you know, I also one thing that my dad has integrated into my head is like never live a life where you regret. There are some there oh, yeah. are some other things that I regret, but they're like small things or like weird arguments I get into with my girlfriend and my friend my friends that were petty, but like big regrets would just be like not taking that opportunity or not really pushing forward because one of the because another time i thought i was going to quit i remember again another podcast i listened to one of my favorite voice actors phil lamar who voiced samurai jack static Mm -hmm. shock and many other people he was talking about his experience and there was just a time he wanted to quit and he just told himself the little voice inside his head said did you try everything and it would always be no so until for all you listening out there or watching, if you are thinking about quitting, just remember, listen to the voice in your head until it's, and you ask the question, did you try everything? Until it says yes, yeah, stop. But if it keeps saying no, keep going. Yeah. You know, during this quarantine, well, even mm-hmm. before this quarantine, it's funny you mentioned it. I sent you some links to uh, these two web series that uh, me and a couple of partners produce. Yeah. And, lo- and long story short, I've played uh, I played a detective or a cop in a whole bunch of those ID crime shows, investigation mm-hmm. discovery crime shows, always a detective or a cop in those dramatic reenactments. And after some time, I realized, and I, and I texted my partner, I was like, listen, or I texted a couple of my partners, listen, when was the last time we did something of our own? We got to come up with some ideas, man. I know we have like a dollar each in our pocket, but we got to come up with something simple. We got to come up with something you know, unique and different. And, you know, since we're broke or, or, you know, we, we don't have much of a budget, we got to figure out something that's, uh, you know, low budget, put it on YouTube. It can be a web series. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it dawned on me if I would, I could, we could do an ID crime show that takes place in the DC universe an Mm -hmm. ID crime show that takes place in the Marvel universe. What if, you know, what if Bruce Wayne went home, took off the, the, the cape and cowl, sat down in front of the tv had a cocktail and put on id mm-hmm. what would he what would he what would bruce wayne see on investigation discovery or in the marvel universe if tony stark did the same thing sat yeah, down exactly. and watched id mm-hmm. what would he what would he see and so we we did this whole series and so then then quarantine happens and it's like all right well i got all of i've, I've got season two of both shows in the can edited season twos put them out there all right, now how we're going to pull off season three? Well, all right, I'll get this portable waterproof green screen. I'll put it on the deck. It's it's December, it's January, it's February. I'll put it out on the deck. I got some space heaters. Mm-hmm. Since we got a social distance, we'll shoot the son of a bitch on the on the back deck in the winter. I'll put some space oh. heaters around them. I'll figure mm-hmm. out an audio filter if I got to filter out that the, the buzzing sound from the freaking space heaters. Oh. Well, then. Well, then we had to postpone a couple of times and then me and the whole family got COVID. All right. So since we all got COVID, we're all now immune. I got my second shot. She got the wife, got her first shot. Oh, good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And the baby's going to be at daycare. 
how do you feel about them being inside? We're still going to social distance. We're still going to handle it. Um, you know, all the proper ways, all the proper ways. And she goes, at this point, that's fine. We can shoot inside now. So now we've been knocking out stuff and, but it was already, but it was already such, you know, such a pro hacked production that we're able to pull it off here in the quarantine, very mm -hmm. minimal, minimalist cast and crew. It's only one cast member against a green screen. It's only me shooting it and running a teleprompter mm -hmm. and that's it. And we're able to pull that off. And then there's always like, oh, all right, well, this one actor, he can't, he can't do, he's not gonna be available for a while. And then daycare falls through. And then, so I can't do it. I gotta reschedule things. And so like, it's like always something that's firing shots at this production, always something firing shots at the schedule. And it's like always this close of, always this close to quitting, right? Always this close to quitting. And then I'm like, all right, well, let me see. If I got so much done with this actor, then I can fill in the, I can fill in the, uh, what I don't have with another actor. Mm -hmm. I actually shot myself doing a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll have this other actor do this other part. Mm -hmm. And when I think about it, it's just about complete. I just yeah. work, I just work around what people are doing on what dates mm -hmm. and we'll make it work. And so, yeah, like, you know, just making it work. Have, did you try everything to make it work? So, no, that's real. No, dude, that sounds cool. Yeah, no, we were trying, uh, like before I got fully employed, I was helping out a buddy of mine with his short film idea he was doing. And well, he got inspired because I was helping another person with this script he was writing called uh, Mortal Pantheon, where the Greek Pantheon is going to Earth. It's going to be shot like a mockumentary style, like office and stuff like that. And they're trying to make the world a better place, but while being inside the humans' worlds, but they keep screwing up. And it's just like, uh oh. And I just gathered everyone and we had a massive Zoom call. We did a massive Zoom table read for like. I don't even remember five scripts I think and yeah no it was fun and one of them my friend Dylan he was just like I got so inspired by that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to be my associate producer for a film I'm doing called Zoe in Exile we're gonna shoot this in my backyard we got plenty of space let's do it and I was like all right let's do this and yeah no we just did all the procedures you know we were we were all outside and this was around September so it was decent weather it got really hot in the afternoon, but it, it got really cold later on. And I was in charge of like getting the fire going. So for all the actors and crew that wanted to take a break and get warmth, I'm like, get over here, guys, come on. So yeah, no, it was. So yeah, I would definitely say as soon as we figure out a way around it, we were definitely doing more, whether it's just like, even just like doing table reads or doing outdoor shoots, you know, as long as we're all like outside and social distance and everything. Yeah, we just tried to make it work as best that we could. And yeah. I think that's the best thing about whether it's film or TV or whatever, you just work to your environment and you just problem solve. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, just problem solve. I mean, if you just take a break, if you just take a break, take a breath, lean mm -hmm. back, start thinking about stuff, pull out a notepad and pencil, like, like, like an old school notepad and pencil, mm -hmm. and you just start writing shit down. Exactly. Like, okay, here's, here's a hack. You start doing math. Listen, you know, Bob did all of season three. He's not gonna be available for season four. I'll have, you know, Tom do all of season four. And then go. we're good. Cool. Because, because you know, Chris, is, Chris also did both season, season three and season four, and so did I. So now we have enough. There and you it'll go. work, and it'll work, so yeah. Now let me ask you this: uh, mm -hmm. It's it's almost the end of February. Is it too late, in your opinion? Is it too late for me to say Happy New Year? I don't think so. I, no. I feel like nowadays. It, I mean, for one thing, people can be like, "Do you mean the Pat's New Year or the Chinese New Year? <laughs> or are we making March the New Year? The new because we just think we're just think. By the time it hits, for me, I felt like it was a few days before St. Patty's Day when the lockdown happened and that's when i'm just that's when it's gonna hit me i was like a whole year i yep. no i remember i was like well if i'm being locked up on saint patty's day i'm not doing this alone i just get some carlsberg that i got from trader joe's I was like here we go yeah yep well 
considering that, what's what's the new year, new you? What's the new Kier, new? What's the uh, new normal, new Kier? The new normal, the new year, new Kier. New year, new Kier um, yeah. is definitely going to be. Um, you can trademark that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, it's definitely just going to be really hauling ass, like you know, doing what I can in my day job, which I'll have to get back into in twelve minutes. But also just really try to focus on what does Kier want later on. If I say I want to do my own business, if I want to make my own content, then we should like really get out of whatever funk we're in and we should do it. Definitely um, more running that I'm going to do because I signed up for, because my best friend and I, we, we're now signing up for a half marathon next month, a full marathon in April, and another half marathon in May. So that's going to be fun. And yeah, just... I don't know, just try to live life and be happy and just do the things that's going to make me happy and fulfill me. Do more, Definitely get more into screenwriting, probably get some mentorship or maybe like go to more competitions and just, you know, you can do what you do at your full-time job, but like also there's another job you have to do and that's your job. Mm-hmm. It's the you, it's the you corporation. If you want to start that business, whether it's like making a donut factory or starting are starting a clothes brand, then you just gotta like really force yourself. And I have to keep reminding myself all the time. And that's just what I gotta do. So new year, new year is just, unlike the previous years where I was just like moping and stuff. And that's another thing. I'm gonna try not to mope a lot. I'm just kind of, I need to be grateful. Cause it's like, listen, the whole world is in shambles and you've, you're, you're fine. You had it, but be grateful. So yeah. just try to be more grateful, no more moping. And just like really be at it and not have any sort of minutia get in my way of what I want to do. Well, I know you got to get back to work. I, I can't thank you enough for for sacrificing your lunch break uh, to to join me. No, on, I'm on just gonna, no. That I'm just gonna fast, and by the time I get home, I'm just probably gonna order a pizza to myself. I be had like, a, yeah. I yeah. had a, I had a fast. Uh, I had a fast yesterday. I think I had a fast. I, I had a fast yesterday because. You know, when you start to get my age, you got to get mm-hmm. EKGs and, and, and cholesterol yeah. lipids and blood drawn. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. How old are you? Uh, 40 plus. Oh, I'm, I just turned 30 back in November. So, yeah, I'll in 10 years, I'll be right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not at the colonoscopy stage yet, but oh. def, but definitely at the uh, I remember I remember my dad was at that point. He's in his 60s and I remember hanging out with him the day before. Yeah, to drink that weird thing, and he mixed it up with some ginger ale to see if it would taste better. And I was like, "What do you think?" He's like, "Nope, it's awful." It's awful. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not there yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'll sure. I'm, I'll be sure to make a special episode of this show uh, when that day comes. So I know no, you no, gotta. No. But but yeah, again, I can't thank you enough for for sacrificing dude. your your lunch break. No, dude, that. thanks for having me. Like, I don't want a lot of fun. I don't want to keep you too long. One lap, but but of course, uh, any plugs, links, socials you want to put out there? Um, so far, all I have is Instagram. Like, I don't use Twitter anymore, but uh, my Instagram is at Kirtastic7. I'm trying to post more stuff in there. Like, I have one that will come up of just showing my buddy and I were doing like this thing where we we're just growing mustaches just for the hell of it. And I just do this funny one where it's like a portrait is like, and I'll just probably put hashtag mustache march. It's gone, obviously, but I just thought it was funny to have especially trolling my girlfriend i was just like check it out and she just could not stop laughing she was just like you look like a poor man's freddie mercury impersonator (laughs) or like or some like or those creepers at high schools that just go matthew mcconaughey and all that it's like okay i get it i get it (laughs) and then i had to shave i had to shave it off for a week and i was like all right well you know that this is the time to end (laughs) right but yeah so kirtastic sentiment on instagram i I don't put a lot of stuff on my YouTube. I have several YouTubes. I guess you could just look up Kier Alexander or something. I have like some, some really bad short films I did when I was at community college. And but yeah, uh, but yeah, Kiertastic Seven on Instagram. And if I have more, I'd love to be on the show again. If, if I like follow up and stuff. Who knows? Yeah, that, that that's the goal. So you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show, but uh, the goal is to, you know, revisit, reunite with with guests. But uh, two, maybe three, but probably just going to keep it two. So say, let's just say you're, you're uh, this will probably be like the, the 134th 
episode of this show so far, and it's been doing pretty well during the quarantine. But let's say, let's say you were my first guest on the show, and then mm-hmm. you know, like Jody was my second guest. I'd have you both on, and okay. kind of do kind of do like this little recap, catch up, roundtable thing, and then do other stuff, kind of like as a as a joint roundtable type deal. That's where I'm kind of like looking to head with this with, with that. But you know, since you're, this is the first time you're on it, it's kind of more like a one-on-one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, still, you know, again, still experimenting with the show. Every day is a different experiment, and uh, always like evolving a little bit with the show and with everything else. Really, that's how life is. All right, cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, listen, Kier. Uh, yeah, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, it, was, it was it was a blast. It was fun. Yeah. No, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Glenn. I really appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out to me too. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm glad we were able to work it out with all these, all the crazy quarantine time quandaries. But uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, again, it was a blast. And to my viewers, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has. And until next time, you know what to do. Yep.